Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Q. It's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play by play call of the day the Atlanta Braves scored 29 runs. 102 do ball. High fly ball to left field. We are witnessing something truly historic. Wow. A grand slam by Adam Duvall. And it's now 29 to 9. And a three home run game for the second time in a week for Adam Duvall. I think anytime you score 29 runs, you're usually in a pretty good spot. Just my opinion, you know. Uh, before we get to our roundtable, just a quick review for everybody here as to where we where we stand. Uh, I have no idea what is going to happen, yes or no, with the Big Ten, but we'll pass along whenever, whenever I see a reputable reporter that I really respect pass along information, I'll do that. I'm not going to pass along information from, hey, this guy on Twitter said this and that person on Twitter said that. Teddy Greenstein is with the Chicago Tribune. And Teddy is, as I think, as connected and locked in as anybody when it comes to this. So he tweeted, and this tweet was late last night, just learned RE timing of the Big Ten vote will be this weekend at the earliest Sunday or Monday possible. So that's Teddy Greenstein, which to me carries a little more weight to it than somebody else tweeting that. Uh, Adam Rittenberg. And we've had Adam on the show many times. No, most will be frustrated by a statement put out by Big Ten, but the tone here and in response to the president's tweet indicates the Big Ten's timeline to return is moving up. Won't be as quick as many want, but late October is not out of the question from what I'm told. So, again, when guys like Teddy Greenstein and Adam Rittenberg tweet that, I want to pass that along to you because they're people that we have great respect for, and they don't put it out there because they're trying to garner some reputation. Uh, just like John Rothstein, same thing with him when it came to basketball, saying that the uh, Big Ten is not abandoning the idea of playing non-conference basketball games. He tweeted that out. Okay. And Taylor Battle is now the new assistant coach of Penn State basketball. So we've had a lot going on. Peter King's on the show tomorrow. So I just want to at least you know recap where we are with all this and the fact when, when, when I pers- consider it to be reputable, Major league reporters put something out there. They're not just putting it out there so it sticks on the wall, right? To me, it's got a little more substance to it, or it has a better chance. How about this? Has a better chance of having legitimate substance to it when a Teddy Greenstein or Adam Rittenberg or John Rothstein put it out there. So if they put it out there, then I put it out there for you. That way, you have the information to work with. We'll find out if it's true or not. All right, high school roundtable. Uh, things get going on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK with Shikalimi. First up is the Chief Dave Ritchie. Dave, welcome. Great to have you with us. Dave quit. 
Hello, Chief. This is one of those where Matt swears all these people were there. We don't have him, Matt. Then we'll go to Zach Showers then from Seals Grove. Hello, Zach. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself, Steve? Great to have you with us on the show. Great to have you back. Okay, so no scrimmages. Just practice. How much of a mystery is all this to you? Um, well, actually, Seals Grove did have a scrimmage on Saturday, oh, so we do we do know a little bit. <laughs> um, but you know how scrimmages are. You're, you're only going to show so much in that, um, especially leading up to a game. So, yeah, I, I think this year is a little bit of a mystery. There's no doubt about that. Seals uh, Grove's schedule looks drastically different than uh, what it was originally, but we're playing football tomorrow night, so I, I know our broadcast team is excited to be back and uh, to be able to provide uh, a game for a lot of people that probably won't be able to get to see it. So Right, exactly. All right, so for the success of Sealands Grove, where does it start? What does it revolve around? Well, defensively, um, about half your starters are back, but there's uh, every position, there's a lot of starters back and guys that have seen time so I think uh, from what we saw in the scrimmage and this this is typical the defense is a little bit ahead of the offense um, just naturally this time of year um, it, it all starts with the 3-5 defense they're going to be aggressive uh, there's there's three starting linebackers that are back that all played big roles last year and some of them that you really saw that sophomore to junior jump um, and then offensively, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I think a lot of people in the Valley know that uh, Seals Grove's starting quarterback the last two years, Danny Schock, actually moved to Georgia to mm-hmm. pursue some other football opportunities there. So it, uh, Coy Bastion, who had been uh, in the competition a couple years ago, didn't play last season. Uh, he decided to come out for the team and has taken on the leadership role at quarterback um, he's not quite the thrower that Danny was. He's probably a little better athlete. He's actually committed to Bucknell to wrestle. Um, so they're going to see a, a little bit of a new offense this year, a little bit more pistol, and a, a lot of a lot of athletes in the running game this year compared uh, to the past. What aren't you sure about? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, I think right now... It, there's some inexperience, um, some optimism, but inexperience, uh, especially in the offensive line, and that was that was a problem last year. Um, I think week one, you never know what the other team's going to throw at you. Uh, Milton was 0-10 last year, so they did not have a real good season, but that can be a little scary going into week one um, if you get a little bit overconfident if that's possible to do in a week one matchup because Milton's just going to throw throw the house at you and, and make your offensive line have to adjust to quite a bit um, from the get-go. All right, so how do you assess the opener? Because obviously you're not going to know a lot about the other team either. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there's, there's interesting, there's a little bit of tape, but there was three teams that were scrimmaging in the game, so it was a little hard to... Uh, to figure some of that out. Um, it, there's no doubt that Seals Grove is going to be the favorite. Um, it's going to be a matter of if they can get that running game going and can handle 
that aggressiveness of Milton. Um, I, I think there's potential to put some points up on the board against their defense. Um, defensively, Milton's going to come out and, and spread things out, try to throw the ball and get their athletes in space. Um, I honestly like Seelens Grove's matchups, especially okay. um, with their outside linebackers, Brandon Heil um, and Scotty Kissinger, and inside Ryan Amit. And you also have a, a junior safety in T. Hoover that um, played a lot of time last year. So I think those guys, um, I expect the defense to show up and uh, really be able to stop the Milton offense tomorrow night. Zach, appreciate it very much. Thanks so much for your time. Great to have you back. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. All right. Take two with the Chief. As Shikolami gets ready for its opener against Central Mound. Dave, how have you been? It is so great to hear your voice on the other end. Hey, well, it's good to be back and doing something that appears almost normal. But I, I've, uh, I've been doing fine, Steve. I've been listening to your show most days, and that helps me get through things. You and Matt uh, doing a great job as usual. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. Okay, so what kind of read in this most unusual of seasons do you have on Chickalemi at this point? Well, you know, when you uh, don't have the opportunity to uh, go to practice uh, like I have in the past or because of the, the, the pandemic. and sure. uh, you, So you have to go a little bit with what you know about the team that came back from last year. And also with Coach Kaiser, we've got a new head coach, and there are several new assistants, so there's a lot of enthusiasm uh, both with the coaching staff and, of course, with the kids. But I would, I'm, I'm almost betting money that we're going to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Drew Balistrini. He's, this will be his third year and he's very athletic and he has, has improved uh, you know running the team he's uh, one of those one of those uh, kind of players that takes charge and once in a while you know you might uh, not want him to do some of the things he does because he might get uh, hurt but uh, after he pulls out of it and makes a big play uh, you say well I'm glad he did it so that's one of the strengths I think that the Braves are going to have they're, they're also going to have uh, a couple of kids that uh, ran a lot last year. They've got three backs that are coming back. Uh, uh, in the offensive line, there's two offensive linemen back, and we got two really nice wide receivers. Two kids from the basketball team that are six six and six five playing at wideout. So, offensively, uh, I think the Braves are going to play very well. All right. So, what's the area of the football team that going in could be a question mark? But if they answer the questions, Shikalemi becomes pretty good. What area of that team would it be? Uh, I would say, I would say the offensive line. Uh, I know they, I know they yeah. scrimmaged Montoursville, who is a very good football team, uh, especially this year. One of the, probably the top teams in the area. They scrimmaged them last week, and the offense struggled. But they were down two starters in the offensive line. I, you know, I've I've been a, a stickler that your offense goes as far as those five guys up front take you. And last year they had they had some uh, kids that came around the last five games of the season. They won four. They went up to Central Mountain and scored 55 points. They averaged over 30 points right. those last five games. So uh, I'm hoping that that carries over. But that losing several of those offensive linemen, uh, that's that is my especially especially running the wing tee like Coach Kaiser has done that Dan Dillon now is doing here. Uh, that's that's my question mark. So we'll find a lot out on Friday night. Chief, always great to have you with us. Appreciate you very much. 
Thank you, Steve. It's always good to be back. And uh, it, like I said, it, it, it's uh, the Braves always play well up at Mill Hall, so we're hoping that they they continue with that and uh, come back with the victory to get started. So, and thanks for having it, me on. It, I appreciate it. It'd be a great start, Dave. Thanks so much. All right, Lewisburg thoughts. Great to welcome back Greg Wetzel, who uh, I believe now is a uh, three handicap. Uh, Greg, welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 79 today, Steve. Well, pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, I'd take it. I'd take it any day. I think I shot 79 three weeks ago, but it was the first time in three years I broke 80. Okay. So, yep. Yeah. Beauty so I know the clock. feeling. Um, so... In a year where it's hard to get a read on anything, what is your read on Lewisburg? Well, you know, last year they only graduated five seniors, so they have a lot of returning kids that have played a lot of football. Um, The two question marks they have are quarterback, because they graduated a four-year starter in Nick Shedleski, and who's going to take the lead at running back? Max Moyers is back after a knee injury. How's he coming back? He says he's 100%. Uh, if he's 100%, their offense w- uh, should do pretty well. All right. So, but he has to have something around him. So, around right. him, is the supporting cast enough to make him even more effective? Well, that's, uh, their strength is in their um, uh, skilled players. So, they have good wide receivers, they have good uh, a lot of running backs that have a lot of experience. What they don't have is a quarterback yet, and they are yeah. running two kids at quarterback, and both of them played different positions last year. Ethan uh, essentially filled in for Max Moyers when he got hurt, became the leading rusher on the team, and then they have a Jack Landis who was a wide out last year on the team, and he's also running. And, and plus, Steve, they're changing their offense. They're going from like a pro set offense to a triple option offense. Wow. Uh, yeah, and that so, takes a that, ta- that takes a little bit to adjust to, too, especially in the blocking scheme, doesn't it? Well, uh, the coach I talked with the coach, and he said they haven't changed much in the blocking scheme. Um, what it comes down to is the read of the quarterbacks, and uh, hopefully, one of them steps up and, and does the job. But they they have the athletes to be able to do it. It's just can they take that step mentally? I think can they take that step mentally to play that offense? Right. All right, so defensively, what part mm-hmm. of, the, of the defensive side is a strength? Then we'll flip it as to what is a question mark that, if it answers questions, suddenly makes the defense really good. The strength of the defense is the defensive backfield. They yep. have six kids back there who have played a lot of football. Now, they're not all going to be on the field at one time, of course, but they're going to be able to rotate kids out, keep in and out, and keep them fresh. So that's their, their strength. The weakness is can the defensive line step up and put pressure on the quarterback and, and with the linebackers stop the run. And, and if they can do that, I think they'll have a very good defense. They did well against Thielens Grove on, uh, in the scrimmage on Saturday, but can that carry over now to the regular season games? How much of a mystery is because, I mean, you prepare a lot. So you prepare mm-hmm. Lewisburg, you prepare the opponent. How much of a mystery right. is this opening game to you? None at all. Um, 
Central Columbia returns uh, 16 starters from last year. So they got year. almost everybody back, yeah. Yeah, they had just about everyone back. We know they, you know, Lewisburg knows the offense they're going to run. They know the defense they're going to run because the coaching staff has been there for several years. So that's not a mystery. Last year, the Lewisburg and Central played to a 24-21 overtime game. Um, so the teams are evenly matched. Uh, Central is going to be able – they have their leading uh, receiver back and their two top rushers plus their quarterback and, prop, and they have four returning linemen. So – they're going to be a great test for Lewisburg. Always a pleasure, my friend. The master of the lob wedge. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, if I could master that club, I might get really serious. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Uh, that's that's what I, that's, I, was, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Michael Breed, and he said, I always laugh. No. It was Gary Williams. It was Gary Williams of Golf Channel. He said, I always laugh when I watch everybody driver at the driving range, one after another, after another, after another. Then I'll go over to the area where they're chipping and putting. He said, Yep. He said, He said, Guess which guy is going to score better? That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. That, that lob wedge, I might as well not even take it with me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Greg, thanks so much, my friend. Great to have you back. Hey, great to be here, Steve. You bet. Lewisburg is on uh, 100.9 The Valley, Sealands Grove on Eagle 107, and Shigalemi on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The Valley plays high school football tomorrow night. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Right, uh, great to have you back with us on the show today. Um, James Franklin made a couple of comments. We're going to hear that at 4:35. Then Anthony Tresh from uh, Pro Football Focus will talk about the draft. Uh, the NBA is actually looking about taking the draft and moving it from October 18th back to November 18th. He can't because they want to straighten out the free agency part and they want to straighten out the cap part before they then do the draft, and they don't think they're going to be able to begin their next season until Christmas at the earliest. And that makes sense. I mean, that that part makes sense. Too small of a gap between seasons, which, going back to the summer we talked about. What's interesting is the... um, There was... A poll, Gallup did a poll. And I found this to be fascinating about like what industries are inspiring confidence. The bottom three, the bottom three were government. I know you're shocked. Uh, media and the sports industry. The sports industry in the Gallup poll has taken one of the biggest hits of any industry out there. 
they they polled people from all 50 states in D.C. from July 30th to August 12th. And the sports industry had a huge drop in it. Stunning. Now, if you're wondering what's done well, farming? Farming went way up, so did the grocery industry. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, great service department. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This Gallup poll is fascinating. Okay? Best viewed industry in the country. Farming. Okay? Pharmaceuticals moved from dead last to next to last. And sports moved to third to last. Federal government was first in terms of being last. Pharmaceuticals and then sports. Sports had a favorability rating of plus 20 a year ago, which would put it in the range of the healthcare industry in this poll. Sports is now minus 10. They've lost 30 points in a year. We're going to get into this maybe at the end. All right, James Franklin, his comments uh, made earlier today. We just haven't gotten great communication from the beginning. Uh, We've never really fully been told or understood why the season was shut down in the first place. And then there hasn't been a whole lot of communication since. And when I say communication, we've had meetings, but I'm talking about kind of really understanding why and what and how we got here with our team here i'm just trying to tell our guys to stay stay ready so we don't have to get ready keeping everybody motivated and controlling the things that we can control and uh that they've done a phenomenal job with that you know obviously with all the testing procedures and policies that we have here at penn state to keep everybody as safe as we possibly can you know while still helping them get better to achieve their achieve their dreams and uh, Penn State football is scheduled to practice today. Uh, you saw maybe a couple programs at Penn State pause. They haven't said which ones, but I can tell you football's practicing, men's basketball's practicing, and then Ben Jones reported that uh, ice hockey was practicing. Hockey is not going to begin its season until November 20th at the earliest. I think the, that's what the 11 agreed on. Um, and then... We mentioned the Teddy Greenstein tweet. Again, Teddy's not one of those guys going to just, hey, let's throw it out there, stick it against. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea. I don't know if they're going to vote now or next month or two months. But I'm passing along information from a credible, reputable reporter. I think somebody said I reported it. I didn't report anything. I told you what, quoted what Teddy reported. If Teddy Greenstein's going to put it out there, then I will pass that along to you. 
because to me that's somebody I have a lot of respect for that if he says something I know I listen same thing with Adam Rittenberg if he reports something and okay same thing with John Rothstein John Rothstein put out that the Big Ten still wants to play in basketball non-conference games so I'm just passing it along so that you have the information right and uh, we're giving the proper attribution to the outstanding reporters that are putting it out there I'm not going to give you the the Twitter of Hey, Bill over here or Bob over here. Hey, I heard somebody says like, and, you know, and people will say that to me, and I I can't pay attention to that. But if Teddy Greenstein tweets it, all right, now I perk up a little bit. I say, okay, that may have something behind it. So I'm going to pass it along to the audience. If Adam Rittenberg report, uh, tweets it, same story, I'll report it to the audience because of my respect for each one of them, and same thing with John Rothstein. So... That's why we wanted to get that out there, because that's actually stuff being put out there by people where I sit back and I look at it and say, okay, I'm going to give that to the audience because somebody I really respect put their name behind it. And the, and Teddy, what, Teddy's tweet was what? Maybe as early as this weekend, maybe Sunday, Monday, they might, might at the earliest vote. But that's what he reported, and if he's going to tweet that, then I'm going to give that information to you because it's Teddy Greenstein. Uh, if he puts it out there, he's not trying to build his name. He's already got a name. He's just trying to put out solid information. All right. Uh, somebody puts out a lot of solid information is Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus. Anthony, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. How you been doing? Doing well. Everybody's been hanging in here. Uh, and hope everybody, uh, you and yours, are safe and sound. Everybody in the office is safe and sound. Uh, what's this been like for you? Uh, I, I assume you've been doing what work from home, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a little different. I live right around the corner from the office, but yeah, just been working, working from home here. Um, but yeah, just staying productive, and you know, still having those those long days, sleepless nights, just watching as much football as I can learning as much as I can ahead of the season and just excited that it's finally here. Right. So let, let's get to something that I brought up the other day with another guest. Uh, you're going to have some players going to the draft that, when it's all said and done, are going to have 19 months between games. Right Now, when the draft comes up at that point, uh, they'll be, what, 16 months between games, something like that. How you? How do you plan on evaluating people that aren't playing this year? Yeah, and that's really the interesting part about it. And I mean, you, I mean, you look at guys like Rondell Moore, the Purdue wide receiver. I mean, yeah. he's even gotten a more extended absence, and he was one that, assuming there were no COVID this year, we felt that he could have played if he would have played like he did back in 2018 when he was healthy this year, we thought he could have possibly maybe even snuck his way into the top 10, maybe as high as fifth overall or somewhere in that range. But now, I mean, there's a real chance he may even fall out of the first round just because of this, the fact that he did not play this year. He only played in a few games last year before getting hurt and missing the rest of the season. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And, you know, we've already seen some reports say, you know, they've talked to a few executives saying, you know, if it's down to the player A who happened to play the 2020 season and player B who did not was was in the Big Ten or Pac-12 and then went on to change to the draft they're going to roll with a guy that played in 2020 which 
you know, we really wouldn't do. But, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting just because, I mean, there was a lot of guys they really needed to play college football this fall. I mean, like Moore was one, Gregory Rousseau, the Miami edge defender. He ended up opting out and training for the NFL draft this season. He was one that we felt really should have played, but we understand why he did opt out. You know, it's, right. it's kind of a, a fluky situation, but just because, you know, he, he's a guy, he has all the physical tools. You know, he did have great sack production, but that really isn't stable year to year. You know, he really didn't win on a rep-to-rep basis to really warrant, you know, the high draft pick he might end up getting. So, I mean, there were a lot of guys that really needed to play. But, you know, even going back to a guy like Rondell Moore, you know, we still would probably take him as high as number mm-hmm. 10 just because, he. I mean, he's proving it he, he had on routinely when he's healthy. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL values it. And by the looks of it, you know, we might see some very, very big steals you know, kind of in that second to third round range. See, what's going to be interesting is I think that two years from now, we're going to have a real read on what opting out means. All right. We may find it has no effect at all and they just pick up where they left off. Or we may find a bunch of guys that are really struggling to get back in the groove because at least in, in basketball, even if you go overseas, you're still playing. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting just just to see the impact, you know, at the NFL and collegiate level just a few years down the road. You know, especially with you're looking at some of these high school kids too. You know, some of them aren't going to have that senior season, and you know, it's going to impact the recruiting true. just a little bit. Very true. So I, I, I think we, I think here in a few years we might see a few shining stars and you know come up from these small schools just because that's all they had. You know, they really didn't have an opportunity to showcase and get that Power 5 offer they maybe could have, you know, because if they didn't play a year, played a few games or whatever the situation is. So I think we're going to see an impact, you know, at both levels, you know, NFL and college here in a few years. All right, so right now, when you look at your at your top five in the draft, um, I think it's probably safe to say Lawrence is probably one to start out. Uh, wouldn't doubt the uh, lineman from Oregon's right there in the top five. What's your top five look like right now before we even see some uh, early returns on this season? Yeah, it's definitely Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I think they've they're, they've locked those first and second spots. Those two guys, yeah, those, those two locked in those spots. But they really aren't getting touched. The only way that would change is if maybe, you know, I, I hope this doesn't happen. If some unfortunate in- injury would to happen mm-hmm. to Trevor Lawrence, even then I still think he would go first overall. I mean, this, this, this guy's the real deal. And when you look at Justin Field, if, you know, Joe Burrow didn't have the season he did last year, he would have been the best quarterback in college football. He really had, he had a great season. Everyone knows it, but it was truly un- unappreciated just because, you know, going back to when we started PFF college back in 2014, he had the 10th best season we've ever recorded in all the quarterback seasons this past year and his first season at Ohio State. So I think those two, no matter what, pretty much locked themselves in number one and two on our draft board. And after that, like you said, Tennis Sewell off at the tackle mm-hmm. from Oregon. I mean, that guy, he shattered records across the board from a grading standpoint here at PFF, what he did last year, 95.8 PFF grade. I mean, just something we haven't seen, you know, anything close to. And I know, you know, you're not really facing those you know, great pass rushers in the Pac-12. One of the best pass rushers in the conference was on his own team. But at the end of the day, the guy is special across the board. He's uh, I don't, I don't want to say generational. I don't like to use that word. But, you know, he is a rare prospect, kind of one of those can't-miss guys at that point. And then after that, 
would probably go Jamar Chase and then Micah Parsons, Penn okay. State linebacker. Right. Get to Parsons and Pat Fryermuth in a moment. I don't know if you know this off the top of your head. Going into the season last year, where was Joe Burrow rated? This goes back to my point about playing. Yeah, Joe Burrow, for us, and I think for, for pretty much everybody, he was definitely in that late, late in the draft. I mean, you know, fifth at the very best, fifth round at the very best, most yep. likely sixth or seventh round. And, you know, it, when you're looking at Joe Burrow in 2018, you know, the accuracy was there. He was still top 10 in our, accurate, mm-hmm. our accuracy metrics. It was just really, you know, how he fared in pressured pockets, the decisions he made on a throw-for-throw basis. Sometimes it got you a little worried, but, I mean, we, I mean, we obviously saw the rapid transformation. So, you know, it was – I think it's – you know, you can make a case, you know, who was this year's Joe Burrow. And I don't think we're ever going to see, you know, something like Joe Burrow again. But I think you could have made a case for a couple guys, maybe like Jamie Newman of Georgia. We really thought he could have maybe even put himself into that first-round category. Mm-hmm. We still have him, you know, in that mid-second round, maybe early third-round uh draft status right now but we are very high as opposed to everybody else on Jamie Newman so we thought in that pro style offense he really could have put up numbers really helped himself you know in that regard Uh, maybe even Kyle Trask from Florida too but yeah I mean I think that's being very optimistic. All right, so give me an idea uh, about how you rate Micah Parsons right now Yeah I mean like I said he's he was fifth on our draft board and really you know our lead draft analyst Mike Renner he said you know, of all the years he's been doing this, you know, he's the best off-ball linebacker prospect since Luke Keekley. And I have to agree with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't – he could, you know, obviously make more plays and coverage, but he does everything – he has all the tools to do that one day, and he does everything else you could possibly want. I mean, there – what he does in run defense is just flat-out special. The way he takes on blocks. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe it was a 94.8 run defense grade this past year. I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. So, I mean, he – I would he, I would probably – you know, I, like I said earlier, I don't want to say generational, but I think he is one of those can't-miss guys like Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase. So then there's Pat Fryermuth. Many have felt that Pat was uh, it was uh, had a really good chance of being a first-round pick as well. Where do you right, right now have him? Yeah, I mean, we still have him in that category. We mm-hmm. had him uh, 30, 30th, actually, right on our uh, big board. And really, you know, he's just—he's a powerful human. I mean, it's what some, yes. of the, some of the moves he does there, he just plows over guys. You know, he just bodies defenders in tight coverage, just a bowling ball after the catch. So, I mean, you know, he's another guy. We, especially this tight end class. I mean, it's a, immensely better than what we saw at this last draft class. There's a lot of great guys here, and you know, we really want to see them all. You know, get more reps. But yeah, I mean, right now we still have them in that first round category at 30th. And then right now, him and Kyle Pitts are just kind of battling for that number one spot. Anthony, absolute pleasure. Really appreciate your time. It's always a lot of fun talking PFF. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. Anthony Trush, Pro Football Focus. We'll talk about this Gallup poll in a moment, which is very interesting and not great for the sports industry on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 
When other dealers can't get what you want, Sunbury Motors Hyundai is going strong. While others are leaving you in the cold, the deals at Sunbury Motors Hyundai are heating up with the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is committed to selling 20 new Hyundais by September 14th. Just listen to these deals. 2020 Hyundai Elantras starting at only $17.5. 2020 Konas as low as $21,642. 2020 Tucson's from just $22,500. The deals are hotter than the inside of your mask. And SMC has the vehicles you want in stock now. Remember, all new Hyundais come with America's best warranty, 10 years, 100,000 mile powertrain, and 5 years, 60,000 mile base warranty. See why we say, if you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. They're doing whatever it takes to sell 20 new Hyundais by the 14th during the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury Uh, tonight, Texans and Chiefs opening NFL game of the season. As Merrill Reese said, he said, he said I don't know when we're going to start. Well, it turned out they're starting on time, and the Chiefs and the Texans get things rolling tonight before nobody at Arrowhead Stadium. But what should be a pretty big crowd watching on TV. We passed along the Teddy Greenstein tweet to you. We passed along the John Rothstein tweet to you. The Adam Rittenberg tweet. Again, if it's reputable reporters that I have a lot of respect for, then I'll pass along that information. Uh, personally, I don't have any information as to when anybody's voting or not, but if they're going to have that kind of information, I'll pass it along to you. If it's somebody, I sit back and go, who the heck is that? I'm not going to pass it along to you. It's not fair to you, the audience. But when reputable reporters do it, like they have a big-time rep that you know are connected then you pass it pass it along, and that's what we did with Twitter earlier in the show. And Taylor Battle now, the new assistant coach for Penn State men's basketball, joining Patrick Chambers' staff. All right, here's this Gallup poll. They did uh, positive, neutral, total negative. So farming and agriculture is number one, right? 69% positive, 11% negative, so plus 58 Grocery industry, plus 51. Restaurants, plus 46. Computers, 44. Retail, 35. Accounting, 34. Automobile industry, plus 32%. Okay? Uh, Over positive to negative. Electric and gas utilities are uh, plus 30. Real estate, plus 27. Telephone, 27. Banking, 24. Internet, plus 22. Healthcare industry, 51% positive, 31% negative, plus 20. Uh, Education. Education's plus 16. Travel, 16. Publishing, 16. Airline, plus 15. Oil, oil and gas, plus 11. Television, radio, plus 7. Well, we should be. 41% uh, positive, 34% negative. Legal field, yes. Lawyers, plus 6. Way to go, lawyers. Moving industry, plus 4. Advertising and public relations, plus one, 33% positive, 34% neutral, 32% negative, plus one. Pharmaceuticals, minus 15, 34% positive, 17% neutral, 49% negative, minus 15. Federal government, 30 positive, 20 neutral, 50% negative, minus 20. Now sports. Sports last year was a plus 20 in this. This year... Favorability of sports, 30%. Neutral about the sports industry, 29%. 
Negative view of the sports industry, 40%, minus 10. Last year, they were plus 20. So they're down 30 percentage points in favorability in a year. Really? That's remarkable. I don't know, you know, there's going to be many people who are going to analyze this and look at it. Right? Varied to somewhat positive view of sports was 45% a year ago. This year it's only 30%. So just the positive side went down 15%. And obviously the negatives really kicked up. So sports had a 45% positivity rate. Then you add in the neutrals, you're fine. Uh, Sports was a plus 20. So what were they? What? It could have been, what's 60-40? When it's all said and done with neutrals and everything? Actually, no, no, no. It actually would have been 45% positive. It would have been only 25% negative a year ago. Okay? Well, now the negatives are at 40%. The positives are only at 30%. They're a minus 10. Sports industry's gone down 30 percentage points in a year in the Gallup poll. Wow. Sue claims it's our fault. I, I. Does he scare you as much as he scares me? That depends on the subject. <laughs> that would be most of them, right? <laughs> Maybe.